history of warfare from the beginning. What's that? Just taking the best from the other side and oh yeah, bringing it onto our side. Yeah. Hi, welcome. This is Rain City Jerks. Uh, we're doing a little jerk classic. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. We're about to go to Jai Tai. We've got some busy things coming up in the later part of this month, so we're getting ahead. Front-loading those episodes. Front-loading those episodes. This For is your that. pleasure. We're recording this on a Tuesday, baby. We re- usually record on a Sunday. We're doing this for you. No rest for the jerks. That's right. We're going to go uh, Jai Tai. But right now, we're talking about uh, drug tolerances and how the how time lessens the effects of history and how in the not too distant future presumably world war ii and the atrocities therein will be as benign as uh genghis khan genghis khan was pretty bad he was he was one badass motherfucker he had like the greatest empire that the world had ever seen he really revolutionized a lot of shit like he was a terrible person like over a third of the bloodlines in like asia and europe yeah come from genghis khan yeah which is insane that guy fucked he fucked so he he, he raped he raped a lot he did rape a lot but i bet you know some of the chicks were into it also yeah women love power and women love power especially Uh, back then like if you were like you're gonna be my wife and they're probably like oh for real like i get to live in a palace and i'm taken care of and like you have 80 other wives like so you see me once every eight months Okay, sure. Sure, where do I sign sure. up? Sure, yeah. Like, I, like, got, like, I gotta fuck you once every, like, wh- every time I have a kid, basically, I see you again. Like, every, I gotta fuck you once every nine months or so. And every- dude, Mongolians are jacked. Yeah. Like, those Mongolians, they were living on meat and yogurt. Yeah. They were, like, big I, and strong and horsemen and warriors compared to, like, feudal serfs. Yeah. Uh, who were living on, like, gruel and grain. Yeah. I love the Mongols. I love the history. I love the music. Uh, the Tuvan throat singing. I, I, I'm so into it. There's a really great documentary called uh, uh, Genghis Blues, and I won't get too into it, but if you like documentaries and you like cool music documentaries, check out Genghis Blues. It's fucking incredible. Is it about Tuvan throat singing? It's about Tuvan throat singing and this blu- and the blues. The blues. This blues singer. Uh, who he's a blind blues singer yeah all right i'll tell a little bit about it tell a little bit Th- about this it. guy paul pina he uh wrote like the steve that song leaving on a jet plane or whatever uh that steve miller cover yeah 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 Yeah, that's paul pina's song okay and so he's like this like accomplished musician but he's blind and he's living in la or wherever and he hears tuvan throat singing on the radio and it just fucking blows his hair back and so he he like starts learning about it and getting into it. He gets a uh, he starts teaching himself how to do it, and then uh, he uh, gets a book, a a English to Russian dictionary, and then a Russian to Tuvan dictionary in Braille, which is insane that a Russian to Tuvan dictionary in Braille even exists. But like he gets he then he learns the language by translating. From, from English to Russian. And then Russian to Tuvan. Tuvan, yeah. Which, again, and he's blind. And so, like, that's, like, du- so fucking insane. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah. And then, so, he's, like, learning the language, learning the methods of, like, different throat singings. Then, uh, this guy, the essentially, he's, like, the Elvis of, Tuvan Mo- throat of Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. Just the Elvis of Mongolia. This guy, uh, Andar. Genghis some- Presley. 
yeah, Genghis Presley, this guy Ondar something, you can look him up. He was on Letterman. And uh, he he founds out that Ondar's playing near him, so he goes to see him okay. and like is blown away. And then he's he's doing the meet and greet, and he's just like he shakes his hand or whatever, or maybe he can't even like get to him. Maybe, yeah, yeah. He, but he just starts he just starts throat singing, right? And this dude, the Elvis Ondar, he's like, "What the fuck? Like, how do you, how are you one pronouncing these words correctly? Yeah, and how are you doing this?" like two right. and throat singing perfectly only happens in mongolia right yeah. and so he's like they become fast friends of course and then the guy uh paul pina yeah he gets invited to the tube and throat singing like international competition or like mongolian competition and he goes and he's like you know wins some shit probably like somewhat honorary but like yeah, they yeah. still he still wins some shit and then some like wild stories happen while he's in mongolia it's just, it's an incredible like I, I haven't seen this in years but it's like it's very vivid in my brain like it's incredible that sounds great it's an it's it's yeah it's it, all about uh circular breathing circular breathing. didgeridoos and, and saxophone players it's like they inhale through one hole at the same time as they're exhaling through the other hole Right, yeah. And so they can just like blow. It's like Kenny G's whole without thing. Without stopping. Yeah, that's how Kenny G holds that longest note. In a- apparently, it kills him fast. Like, saxophone players die at a very young age. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe other lifestyle uh, dangers associated with uh, playing the sax. Yeah, but, fast women and hard drugs. But yeah, no, Mongolians, they, they, they got throat singing on lock. They're the best sumo wrestlers. I've uh, a friend of mine. Uh, she went to Mongolia mm-hmm. and then she brought me back a Mongolian wrestling like DVD. Okay. I haven't, I've only watched a little bit of it. It's kind of boring, but it's still cool though. Yeah. They're big guys, big guys. I don't know how much, I don't think we've ever really talked about this, but I, I'm a believer of past lives Okay, and reincarnation. Yeah. And I think, I think we got into this a little bit on the Amy episode. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I do believe in reincarnation. I don't really know what that means. I don't know if you're going to like different servers. I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that shit works. Yeah. But I feel a s- insanely strong connection to Mongolia. Okay. And like, I, I don't know. Like, when I listen to the music, I can just like be there in my mind, like riding a horse across a huge open field. And just like, I feel like I was in. Uh, Genghis Khan's army like I was nobody I was just a, a horse soldier I was just like a guy yeah. I was just a guy just a guy but like I feel like I was there I feel like I don't know when I listen to the history like it like ignites something in me that like I can't really put my finger on it's just like I feel it I'm just like yeah like I was like I just feel like I was a part of the Mongolian army at some point yeah, well you could probably join the Mongolian army now yeah those dudes are way too badass just fly out there yeah, I would. Mm, the, I feel like I'm too old for that. Like, the, I could maybe join the Coast Guard, but like the Mongolian Mongolian oh, Merchant Marines. Yeah, Lake Bacall, the deepest lake uh, mm-hmm. in the world. No, there's this. Uh, I guess there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. But there was a, a documentary called The Happy People. Yeah, I saw. Uh, wait, no, that that was like. Oh, I guess that's that, that. That's about like Mongolian and Siberian. Yeah, like uh, ra- are, like reindeer herders. Is that was that the one? I I feel like you're maybe conflating uh, the because I think happy people was about these uh, Siberian people who just lived in a forest. I didn't I, like I don't remember them being herders. They were like trappers and stuff, and they just like would walk into the woods with like an axe and they're yeah, just, like live. and they're, they're they're like the happiest people right. in the world, right? And they like don't have any nothing. 
Yeah, they got nothing. But they'll they, like they, live in the wilderness for months at a time, and then just come into towns and trade and trade, and then yeah. go back and. Yeah, they just got an axe, and they can like make a million different things with an axe, and they got it made. Yeah, it it sounds amazing, but like I wonder what the reality of that. Well, is. well, you have to you have to grow up in that. Oh, like we yeah. we we oh. could we couldn't no 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 we couldn't hang not even a little yeah like not even uh, a little. Aboriginal peoples those kind of Siberian herders like that that's a way of life that you have to learn yeah from the beginning it was kind and, of like well speaking of Aboriginal like those people seem really chill and happy yeah. generally like when Captain Cook was uh, sailing around. Uh, uh, Australia and like you know doing his thing and like, sure sure they'd see people on the beach because like they'd be like see the boats and yeah. stuff and they're like what the fuck is, what that? The fuck is that and thing? then like you know they'd see people on the beach and they're trying to like deal with them and so they're just like they're not like shooting cannonballs they're just shooting gunpowder just like yeah put, putting on a show being right like, right which is like insane like imagine like never seeing anything like right that. you think it's a god you, like, you think it's some sort of like is water yeah, god like, i have no comprehension and they of what come aboard happening. and like yeah. pantaloons and yeah you know gleaming chest plate armor yeah and so he comes a, comes ashore and he's trying to be a nice guy yeah like as far as i know he wasn't like fucking him up right off the cuff right and he's trying to like trade with him and like give him whatever combs and what you know little trinkets and sure stuff. sure they would like hold it look at it and just throw it on the ground they didn't need it no they, they don't need it they were like what the fuck is it like i don't like i can't eat this i don't know what this is i don't care like, this isn't a tarot root right yeah i don't know aboriginal people are pretty interesting though uh they say that they're the original people and like life came out of there rather than africa um and i i don't know how real it is but i saw i do remember seeing an article a couple years ago where uh like there's some dna testing that proved yeah. that like aboriginal people were well, that, like, that that's like a different strain of humanity right yeah, yeah. They, like so like they were like oh your origin stories are correct and the aboriginal yeah. people were like yeah no shit well there's so many like unique apes in that part of the world that the humans could have absolutely evolved Right, like, sure. Differently, you have know. Have you seen like, that the like the Hobbit people might actually still be alive? I haven't been keeping up with it, but I keep seeing little snippets that like they think these Hobbit people might still be kicking around. Where are they? Uh, Polynesia or Polynesia, like you know, like uh, Sumatra, that kind of area. Oh yeah, yeah, one of those uh, like island nations. Yeah. out there. I eh, guess. I mean, I guess there's probably like enough unexplored islands still that like you, it wouldn't surprise me. You could be like a tiny little. Like I, I mean, they're not human, right? They're something else. They're like they're hominids. They're, they're primates, yeah. They're not primates. They're, they're not primates. They're like the same as like Denisovans or uh, uh, Cro-Magnon. You know what I mean? Just like offshoots of human. Like I don't know the right proper. Well, they're still primates then. It's, they're still like evolved. Well, or from sure, apes. Like, I mean, in the way that we're primates. And like, yeah, yeah. they're like, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And they're they're like bipedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, hominids. Case, yeah, they're bipedal. Just some hominids. other kind of like diversion on the. Yeah, which is like so insane to think about. Tree of like, evolution. Like we don't. I don't feel like we really learn about that enough. Maybe we don't know about it collectively enough. But like, there were like so many different types of like weird ape beasts at one point and like yeah. they either died out or were killed out or fucked out or whatever yeah. like they're just absorbed into the soup of right. homo sapien like, genealogy we, we maybe you more than me have some neanderthal dna kicking around oh yeah there. big time yeah well, you know, probably you too i, I mean yeah for, for me too yeah. but you have more like 
like main body European genes, and I'm more like that's true. That's true. Like the edges and coasts. You're like you're like a Saxon. Yeah, I'm more yeah Anglo-Saxon. Mm. I'm like fifty-fifty. Yeah, you got the interior. You know about uh, Sentinel Island? Yeah, the place yeah. is nuts. Ne- never go there. Well, I would like to, but like they would not like you to. They, I feel like I could get along with them. I think that they would throw a spear into you. Yeah, they probably would. Yeah. It's a little island off the coast of India, for those that don't know. There's like a divert, air diversion around. Like you can't fly over it. You can't do nothing. Yeah, it, 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 it's protected by the, the Indian government. You're not supposed to go there. Right. And like every time some sort of expedition has gone to Sentinel Island. They get straight jacked. They, they just get met with uh, ruthless force. They get think, speared to death. But didn't like... At one point, like maybe in like the 1800s or like maybe the 1900s, like some expeditionary force went there and like, like they were like being nice, and then like the expeditionary force did what they did and like turned on them basically, and then like now that's why they're super. Uh, they don't let strangers come on. I think that it was like I think that they had like an interaction with people and they're like never fucking again. Huh. I haven't heard about that. And then makes sense though. I think like. And I've seen pictures, but, like, the only, like, bit of upgraded technology that we know that they have or whatever is, like, there was a shipwreck that ended up there. Yeah. And they started tearing the metal hull apart and making arrowheads out of that. Yeah. Smart guys. Tearing it apart with rocks. Tearing it apart with rocks. Nah, you know, it probably got dashed on the shore. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all fucked up. It's still, like, tear apart a ship with a rock and then make an arrowhead out. You know, like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What do you think is going on in Antarctica? Well, did you see that thing? The what new, thing? The new article? No, I didn't. Uh, it, well, so you know how like under the ice of Antarctica, there's like rivers and like freshwater rivers yeah, yeah. and lakes and stuff. Uh, there's, there's been a new discovery in uh, Antarctica. It, it's not Lake Vostok, that which like is like maybe the biggest lake in Antarctica. Yeah. Uh, it's they. I don't know where they were, but they were somewhere in Antarctica, and they like lowered this camera down into this like stream or river or whatever, and found all these like, like crab things down there. Okay, like yeah, crabs will go anywhere. Yeah, anywhere life evolves, you're going to get a crab. But they're like you know cr- not crabs we're familiar with. Like, right, right. They're, but they're they're yeah, it's a crab just living in this like freshwater stream under like however many feet of ice. I don't know. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Like there's a uh, old like maps. Yeah. Like right. from library of Alexandria time. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows this continent that people were like navigating around. Right. Probably uh, Atlantis. at the top and the bottom of the world, kind of where the Arctic and Antarctic would be. No, 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 no. The old maps have, uh, the, the very accurate the yeah very accurate drawings of like the landmass of antarctica but it's yeah. like equatorial yeah 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 and then some sort of pole shift happened and now it's down there mm-hmm. but like there's ferns underneath all that ice and stuff too like i don't know it's it's antarctica's nuts i guess we'll find out soon enough or probably, not probably some sort of like ancient uh viruses down there and stuff ancient viruses there were dinosaurs there probably no there there were i went and saw um like an imax movie about it at the science center okay i went and they were billing it as like there was going to be like a ton of like 3d animated dinosaur footage and it ended up being just like 80 percent scientists talking and about maybe halfway through 
the movie, this little kid yelled out, where's the dinos? Hell yeah. He was, he was saying whatever yeah. he was feeling. Everyone was thinking. Nobody cared about this racially and gender diverse team of scientists going out to Antarctica. I recently saw this thing where, and I don't think this is actual science. I think it was just someone speculating of uh, T-Rex arms are facing the wrong way. They're not these little stubby forward facing arms. They should be facing backwards, more like chicken wings. Okay. And that goes more in line if you like put them that way like, yeah well, it's like a giant chicken yeah they yeah. they look it looks way more it makes way more sense okay that they have these like little stubby wings I yeah guess. yeah but i bet that's good eating man i'd eat a some t-rex. buffalo t-rex wings i you'd probably want to eat an herbivore we don't really eat very many meat eaters for a reason yeah no they're full of worms and just probably taste bad yeah man giant herbivorous quadrupeds fucking delicious that's what we need to do is develop interdimensional travel go back to dinosaur planet and just end world hunger by eating dinosaurs well no but we'd create some sort of uh like break in space time by killing all the dinosaurs off Mm. like we'd do that but then the dinosaurs wouldn't be there to get uh buried into oil actually no you're, you're probably not most of that oil is from like decaying plant matter not mm-hmm. dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs were going to get commented anyway, so nothing that they did really made a difference. So yeah, absolutely, let's go back, and uh, it's like the Flintstones when they put the giant brontosaurus ribs on his car and it tips right. him over. Yeah. How many people could you feed with those giant brontosaurus ribs? One brontosaurus could like feed most of Somalia. Yeah. No, they love it. I wonder what that, I, I want to eat the tail. I want some brontosaurus tail jerky. Mm. I bet it's like, I mean, marbled at that, fat at that size. At like thinking about cuts, we know now is like you're just eating hunks of meat at that size. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing at this size, anyways. <sighs> hunks of meat. I got I got a fridge full of tri tip right now. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a uh, buy one get one discounted. Yeah, it was buy one get one tri tip. It's like a poor man's ribeye. Tri-tip's good. Tri-tip's good. I keep thinking about this pork chop I made yesterday. Oh, that's right. What was in it? It was a stuffed pork chop? Yeah, so I I got a pork chop, a big fatty boneless pork chop, split it down the middle, not all the way, you leave a hinge, and then I minced up uh, garlic, uh, tart cher- dried tart cherries, and pistachios, and I, made, I mushed them all together, and put it in the middle so it was like a paste or like it was like it was like uh, a fruit uh leather kind okay, of like okay. a, like a, a you use like a mortar and pestle for that or just a knife just a knife just finely chopped it with okay a knife. okay and then uh i could have put more in in i now if i did it again i would do it a little bit differently I yeah would, i would put more filling in and probably a little bit of arugula in there and then Get uh, a little spice yeah and then I spice it up with a bunch of herbs, uh, smoked paprika, and white pepper, uh, salt, and then I put some onions in the pan, put a little uh, little olive oil on all of that, and then some uh, red wine. Red wine. And then I uh, pan roasted it in the oven at 375 for about 30 minutes. Then I finished it off with a nice broil. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, I crisped up. I saved some of the filling for the side. And I crisped it up in a pan, sprinkled it on top after I put the juice on it. Uh, then I made some maple bourbon glazed uh, carrots and uh, just some simple green beans with kimchi. Is it the best thing you've ever cooked? It's up there. Up it, there? It's one of the... It's it's up there. Is this a recipe or something you just kind of MacGyvered yourself? I, I don't look at recipes. I, I, I look at... You know, sometimes maybe I'll look at like ingredients. Sure. But I, I almost never look at recipes anymore. Uh, no, I was just walking around the grocery store and I was like, I want to cook fancy tonight. I, yeah. cook, I cooked for somebody else. And like, oh. I, uh, I never really cook for just myself. I never cook fancy for just yeah. myself. But like, uh, I, that's... I, I was wondering. Yeah. And was it a hit? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, it was a hit. She said it slapped. It slapped? Yeah. Okay, so people do still say that things slap. Yeah. Well, she does. Uh, uh, my dad, he's a, he's a cook. Yeah. You know, he's an inventor of the riblet. Right. As we've much hailed on fame. this show. Yeah. Um, but he came up uh, as a chef in New York, and he worked at the Playboy Club Oh. in New York. What, yeah, it was what, very what fancy. Oh, that would have been late seventies, early eighties, late seventies. So like prime time. All right. Was, you know, he, go, was he going to like Studio Fifty Four and stuff? I, I don't think that was his scene. Okay. But he was he was chefing in like the World Trade Center. Do you think he knew Anthony Bourdain? Probably not. No, not personally, at least. Uh, but he said at the Playboy Club, you could trade lobster tail for blowjobs from the waitresses. That does, that. Economy doesn't make any sense, but okay. No, it makes sense. Lobster's not. I mean, it's like a luxury item, I guess. But like, who cares that? Like, maybe like I don't know if they just don't care about blowing people or like it just doesn't. Like a lobster tail just doesn't seem worth that to me. Like, it, mm-hmm. like I don't know. Like you're a waitress at this club, presumably making like decent. Maybe maybe they just like giving blowjobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Good. For, I mean, I'm glad your dad seems yeah. like a cool guy. I would like to get him on the show. I'd like to get him on the show too. He's uh, that wouldn't be weird for you. No, not at all. Okay. He's in New York right now, visiting my uh, my brother, and his family, and uh, what happened? He got knee replacements. Mm. He got two knee replacements, so now he could walk around New York. Yeah, my mom did that. Both knees? I think so. Yeah, you got to do both knees. Might as well. It's one of like the most successful surgeries because they are doing millions a year. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. Like, don't even have to cut muscle anymore. I'm pretty sure you can just, like, also just jam some stem cells in there and, like, things get better. I hope that by the time we get old, yeah. like, stem cells are, like, more available or whatever. Like, because, uh, like, I don't really care if I die, but also, like, I just don't want to, I just don't want to, like... You don't want to suffer too hard. I don't want to suffer too hard. Like, I don't want to, like, decay into, like... I, I, I take a lot of shits in grocery stores yeah. like midday and I see a lot of old people Yeah, and I'm just like, what are you hanging on to? Like you're like, you're hunched over. You're just like, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Like how many pills are you on to like keep you alive to go buy your like whatever the your, your fear? Fear of death is a powerful thing, man. Your one can of tuna, fear of death like, is a powerful thing. E- even, even the wisest men are subject to the fear of death. And this is something that I have been told many times, but mm-hmm. like, I just, as like a child, like I just don't get, like, I've never felt it. Like, uh, have you ever been close to death? I'm 
in some ways, sure. Yeah. I mean, I've there, I there's many times that like uh, I probably should have died. Yeah. But you know, it wasn't like an illness related thing. I like I, I, right. I, it was like a close call. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've. Uh, yeah, sure. I've been close to death before, but never illness related or like. And did that change your perspective at all? No. When, when you had that experience, I found it very exhilarating. Sure. One um, time I was working on a boat. Right, I was on the tugboat. Yeah. And uh, how do I explain this quickly? Uh, you're tow like we were towing an oil barge behind us sure. out at sea, and you have this like inch and a half, two inch like metal cable mm-hmm. towing the boat and you got to like winch it in winch it out to adjust different things yeah. or whatever and so the captain he went into the ba- he went on the back deck to go winch it in a little bit and just like to adjust it and the engineer had rigged up this like method of starting the winch from the back wheelhouse yeah does this make sense and uh it was all air driven, all pneumatic. Okay. And so this, he just like Jerry rigged this like button to yeah. start the winch. So you don't have to like go down to the engine room and like physically. Start sure. And just saves like a little bit of time, makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. And so the captain is like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, so I guess it'd be the mate really. But anyway, the guy goes back to adjust it, hits the button yeah. and it just dumps all the air in the system. And so, what that means is that the engines are now in neutral because like everything's air driven on yeah. the boat. Like, uh, so, contr- so literally all the air control wise. Yeah. yeah. So it just dumped all the air in the control system out. And so we're not moving ahead anymore mm-hmm. except for like the momentum that we yeah. had going, yeah, yeah. but the barge much bigger, much heavier, still also moving, had, also still moving. Yeah. And it's, it's going to fuck you in the ass. It's kind of far behind us, yeah. but it's coming up on yeah, us. Yeah. And if it hits us, we're, fucked yeah it's gonna sink the boat yeah and so the general alarm because it, it, it it's many times bigger yeah and heavier yeah, and, and heavier just the inertia is gonna like we're fucked. full of oil yeah it was empty actually but even worse but still uh very heavy and yeah forceful and uh so they sound the general alarm i'm up anyway and then like everybody has to get their survival suits get on the back that we're like preparing to like get the fuck off the boat yeah. and then like the the engines kick on it's 40 feet behind us and engine like we get the engines going and just gun it and are able to just like just pull out in front of it and like get everything going again and just like it like we were so close to like having to abandon ship so who fucked up was it the mate or the engineer the engineer he shouldn't he shouldn't have rigged that thing up right essentially like you know, or done it better. Yeah. I, I guess would it be the thing. It was, Made it so that it didn't dump all of the. I, I couldn't even begin air. to explain why that happened, but mm-hmm. like the, yeah, that's why, like, we just lost all controls and just like almost got creamed. And I was like, I was, I, I knew I would be fine because I was by far the youngest. Yeah. And like, I'm probably, like, I know I'm going to be fine. But yeah. like, all these old fat fucks are probably going to have a heart attack as soon yeah. as they hit this cold ocean and just like, because that is a common way for people to die. Yeah. Is like, or you abandon ship, but then like you have a heart attack because you're a big fat fuck, and like this is you're exerting yourself, your adrenaline is going, then right. there's like this temperature shift, and yes. like, uh, I knew I would be fine, yeah, but like I, I was just on the edge of my seat. I was like, "Are we doing I this? Bet. Are we doing this? We're fucking doing this!" Like, and then you've got to swim out of the way of this clusterfuck of boats hitting each other while you're in the water. 
Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be happening. Because if you at, jump like, out the side, yeah, it kind of out of the way, right? It wouldn't be happening at such a high speed, and there wouldn't be like a big explosion. Yeah, but, like it would just. I don't know. Like I don't exactly know what would happen, but it wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be good. Someone's losing their job. Yeah. Um, as I've got older, I feel like I've become aware of my own mortality in same, different ways. Same, for sure. Like it used to be way more abstract, and now you know I've had a parent. I watched her die. Yeah. And uh, you know I. I I don't think that I can see the end yet, but I just know that it's closer. I know that it's closer and I'm doing everything in my power to like slow the decay. Like I know I'm getting yeah. older and I know that like death is impending yeah. like w- you know, relatively soon. Like, sure. you know, in the way that time moves. Like, Well, with youth, it's kind of like a use it or lose it thing. Right. Like neither of us work desk jobs. Yeah. Uh, we're moving around a lot. We're, yeah. we're active and work out. And, uh, well, you're, we're both 38, right? Yeah, I, I will be soon. We, yeah. we are in better shape than a lot of the 20-year-olds oh, yeah. that we hang out yeah. with who just like... I could like, run circles around most yeah, of them. Yeah, easily, who just like sit there and look at a screen and don't right. think about standing up straight right. once in their life. I work out like almost every day. Almost every day, and, and we've been doing it from a young age. Right. Um, I saw this thing. It was like a, a, a muscle stretch, density scan yeah. of like two different 80-year-olds and one was, you know, a desk worker and one was a triathlete. And the triathlete had the same, like, muscle density in their legs as when they were 40 years younger. Right. So. That's what I'm trying to use make. Use it or lose it, baby. That's what I'm trying to maintain is just, like, that's not even main. Like, that is what I'm trying to do is just maintain. Like, yeah. I know at this point that, like, I'm never going to be, like, fucking ripped up like yeah. Jesse Warren. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh I don't care. That's about not necessarily a bad thing at yeah, this point. I don't really care about that necessarily. I have a lot of functional strength. Sure. Uh, every time I've like done Brazilian jujitsu, which like I know how many times has that been? 10 times. Okay. Like I, I took a few classes and mm-hmm. like ended up getting hurt and had to call out of work. And I'm like, this is an expensive hobby that now is like costing me more money because like I have to call out of work. Like this is dumb. It was a lot of fun. I had so much fun doing yeah, yeah. it. But like, I was like, this is, I'm not dedicating my life to this. What like, would you, you hurt? Neck, shoulder, back? Uh, All of the above? The, see, the first, one of the first times I like had to call out of work because of it, it was like, I was uh, rolling with this guy. He was like a blue belt, but yeah. he'd been away for a while. Yeah, yeah. And he was coming back into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, just like bigger than me, fatter than me, just like a big guy. Yeah. And like a lot of weight to roll around. Yeah. And like, I'm like way stronger than like I look. Yeah. I have a lot of functional strength, more yeah, than yeah. like showy strength. And like, he was like really having to like work to like try and control me. Sure. And so at one point he like picked me up and just like put me down and like my, my foot bent backwards Oof. a little bit and I felt it pop and I was just like ah! and like, yeah. I just couldn't I couldn't walk for like three days or so damn that sucks and then or you know I could hobble around but like I couldn't work on it and uh, another time like I like chipped my tooth a little bit or something like it was just something stu- you know, I don't think I had to call it for that one but like there was like but yeah that that's like in ten times you've had yeah. two it was like two or three significant things that injuries. I was like I'm not I don't want this like yeah. my heart is not in like I don't want to compete in a fight I don't yeah, want like, I, th- I think martial arts is a young man's game I was relatively young at okay the, I was relatively young at the time I was like this is like then I take that back this is like ten years ago now okay yeah. okay yeah about I had just gotten out of college 
Uh, 28 is still too young, still, still too old. Uh, yeah, it, maybe, maybe not. I, tr- I tried to start ballet at 28 oh, years okay. old, and I had the flexibility, but I did not have the stamina, the 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 the, the strength. Oh, interesting. Like those guys have got like a different oh, kind sure, of body yeah. control strength. Yeah, yeah. To like throw themselves through the air and like stay balanced on one leg while in motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like slamming into walls. Hmm. And uh, yeah, wasn't the move. Yeah, I like, but I feel like where was it going with that? Uh, the wrestling thing. Um, that you have more functional strength than. You look like you do. Um, I think I was you just hurt try- yourself. I think I was just trying to say that, like, like people, like people have told me that, like, I'm way stronger than like I look. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I, I get that a lot too. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, how strong do you really need to be? Right. I don't like. I don't. I want to be bigger. I want to be showier muscles. Mm-hmm. By, for sure, I want to be showier muscles. Sure. Uh, but that's just body dysmorphia, really. Oh man, it's yeah, uh, it's a hell of a drug. When did what? What is your earliest memory of like hating your body? Earliest memory of hating my body. Uh, there was this girl that joined my class at school in like second grade. Mm. So I was eight years old, and she already had tits. Damn, okay. Yeah. You know, they weren't huge for, like, a grown adult. Was she fat? No, no. She okay. just, like... Okay. I don't know what the deal was. And that, like, flipped something on inside of me. And I had this, like, unrequited love for her, like, up until middle school. Oh, damn. And I didn't know how to, like, play it cool. And she made it very clear that she wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. And that first, like, taste of rejection made me start to be like, okay, well, what's wrong with me? And uh, I was a fat little boy with tits. Mm, And I was like, ugh, fuck that. And like, you know, I I didn't know what to do about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. I didn't have the uh, wherewithal to, you're you're too young to kind of start working out and losing weight at that point. You're kind of at the mercy of your family. And we ate a lot of Applebee's. Right, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And that was kind of right when my... I don't know. I, I I would say that I was pretty much normal up until six or seven years old, and okay. then around that time, the switch started. The mental switch. The mental switch. Okay. So, like uh, Jordan, my brother, if you're listening to this, I, I, I bear you no will, ill will for this. But my brother was born when I was six years old, mm-hmm. and so the quality of attention that I got oh, sure. shifted. Like I, I was used to being an only child, sure, and I was I was cruising. Like yeah. I was, I was uh, the the beloved baby boy. Very similar origin stories. Yeah, and then after that happened, I was like, "Oh shit, I got to figure out a different way to get attention." Mm-hmm. And so I went with violence. I, I just was gross. Okay, like I was gross. I was a big booger eater. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Like I, 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 I don't, I don't defend that. Mm-hmm. Also, I was eight, uh, but I was like, "Oh, I can be gross and funny." And get attention. Mm. And that's kind of how that all started out. And uh, it was like that and self-loathing and depression that all kind of like were driving the boat until I was about 15. Mm -hmm. And then I started playing sports and working out. Okay, And I was like, oh, control. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, then it, then it was about another 10 years until my brain caught up to being tall and in shape. And, uh, yeah, you know, kind of by the time I hit 30, I was like, all right, I'm cruising. I've got the, got the confidence of a man. That's good. Yeah. Very similar, uh, origin stories. I, my mom, like, I'm pretty sure she was saying this jokingly, but like, but like it has stuck with me or did stick with me for a while. But like she would, my mom was a very thin, attractive woman until she like had me. And then she would tell, she would tell me that like I ruined her body and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it just like fucked with me. I was like a little chubby kid. And I would like look in the mirror and like move my tits and be like, no one will ever love you with these. And like, I would, oh man, yeah, I would, that's. I would, I would like think about like, I've take, had that thought. I would think about like taking a knife. This like, you know, I'm like second grade, like just yeah. taking a knife and just like cutting them off. Obviously, I didn't. Uh, but yeah, it just like, I don't know, that way. But yeah, I have a younger sister and like, uh, yeah, I was like, I was the only grandchild. Yeah. Uh, I was the, and I had all my grandparents around me. Oh yeah, and I was the only kid for you like were the golden boy. Yeah, for a while, for like two years, and then uh, my sister came around, and then like yeah, I just wanted more attention, so like I resorted to violence. I sort of like I was on mushrooms one time, and I realized that like I used to beat my sister up so much, so that like I would get in trouble, yeah, and then I would just get a at the end of it, at the end of getting a spanking or whatever, like my mom would give me a hug and like yeah. ultimately that's all I really wanted in the first place. It's a circuitous route. Yeah. Getting a hug. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. My, my mom loved me a lot, but it was kind of like conditional love. Mm. You know, if I, uh, behaved well, I would be handsomely rewarded but if not, it was kind of like, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? And uh, she she was going through a lot also. Uh, and things really like lightened up in high school. Like I said, I started working out and playing basketball. So she was kind of like, oh, well, he's normal now. Mm. So I can lay off. But also she, her and my dad broke up and she started dating women. Oh. Yeah. And so she got way more chill. She started dating this woman named PJ, who was a bull dyke from Arkansas. And so we would all we would all smoke weed together. We would kind of party. Uh, that was that was our house. Everyone could come and smoke weed. She was the uh, so long as they're doing it at my house mm. kind of mom. Okay. Yeah. So my mom was not that mom. That 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 that, that was the good times, and I was able to really be uh, successful socially where I never had before. And uh, yeah, you know, that was important. What we were talking about, I think it was me and you, or maybe me and Quinn, how if I'd gone to public school, I would have gotten bullied way more, but there also would have been other nerds. Mm-hmm. And instead of me playing basketball, they would have been like, oh, come and play Dungeons and Dragons with us. Oh, we love Magic the Gathering. Let's let's have a Magic the Gathering club. And then instead of kind of like learning how to pass among normal people, I would have just... Nerd. Yeah total nerd so i don't know who's to say who's to say what life that would have been yeah i moved schools in middle school seventh grade and yeah like i don't know that changed a lot of things i was like the new weird kid as opposed to the old weird kid yeah well all these kids knew each other since like kindergarten very small school. that was in uh alabama i moved from alabama, alabama to rhode island yeah. right right and uh 
Yeah, a lot of affluent kids, and I was not. I never got bullied. It was more like I got ignored, which yeah. was almost kind of like worse in some ways. No, nah, you know, it, it's it's just another tactic. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about any of those people anymore. Like, I, like I could barely tell you some of their names. Like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I don't think about it. Oh, I, I can I, tell you some of their names. I remember like everyone that I grew up with. There were there were sixteen kids in my graduating class, mm. and I know what pretty much all of them are doing right now. I think pretty much everybody. I've looked I've looked them up before, but it was like ten or so years ago, and like they're just like I don't know, living normal, life, yeah, just like yeah, doing business. That's stuff. what most people do. Yeah, get married, have some kids, live a normal life. Yeah. Was that ever appealing to you? Did you did you ever think you were going to do that? I mean, yeah, sort of, I guess, but not really. Like, yeah, it never really like gelled. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess you went to college for pottery, right? And that kind of sealed the deal right there. Yeah, but that was later in life too. I guess so. But yeah, I don't know. No, the no normal life never really appealed to me. I think I've been an artist my whole life, which is easily the dumbest thing you can be. Yeah, you know. There was an episode of Rocco's Modern Life oh, that like, that's I, great show. I think about a lot. And it was the, I, I tried to look it up. I can't find it. But uh, the Fatheads, their son was coming home for a visit. Yeah. And I, I put it together that the, that the, the son, the fathead son was the creator of Rocco's modern life. Like it was very self-referential and, ah, okay. Okay. Uh, they, they discovered that he was doing stand up comedy and they were like, stand up comedy. No, where did we go wrong? What did we do to you? How could you end up like, and like as a child, it's like ingrained in my head, like this, that, that single episode, prevented me from starting comedy sooner i think because it was just like ingrained like that was like just a part of my brain yeah no rocco's modern life held a lot of clout yeah i still think about that like i don't know i've tried to find it but i can't find that episode i probably have to like watch every episode i mean you could watch all of the fatheads episodes yeah that would that would probably cover it probably yeah i like the uh the wacky deli episode i don't know if i know that one so what happens uh what what's the, so not it's not Ed Bighead. Ed Bighead is the, the the patriarch of the family. His son who makes right uh, the fatheads. He's the son who makes the the creative son. Right. He's like I don't want to make this fathead show anymore, and he gives it to uh, Heifer and Filbert. I think we're talking about it. the same episode. Maybe. It's quite possible. Okay. There's only there's only a couple. Yeah. About them, but he's like, oh, you think you can do better here? And they keep just like making the most critically acclaimed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, episodes and everyone's like, oh, it's so much better now. And it drives the guy crazy. I think, that, I don't know, but like, I don't know how many episodes of Fathead's son, like... I think just like two or three. Yeah. Yeah. He had like a weird like 90s grunge haircut. Yeah. And, yeah. He wore a scarf, maybe. Yeah. So you knew he was an artist. Very skinny and gaunt and just like moody. Mm-hmm. I always align myself with the moody cartoon characters: Wolverine, sure. Raphael. These yeah. are these are my guys. The, you know the the. It's like they're dicks, but they they're also they're dicks. But you know they got your. They've back. got a complex inner life. Yeah, they're straight up dicks, but you know you can trust them. They got your back, and you're, they're cool but rude. They're cool but rude. Uh, they'll they'll kill someone for you, but they're gonna 
like make fun of you. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, you know, be an asshole. But you, you, you love them. You need them. I don't know. I always identified with like Donatello. That makes sense. And Gambit, people, people who both, swing a big stick. Both of those make sense. Yeah, they just swing a stick. Are you the Blue Power Ranger? No, I like I like Tommy. The red power. The green. Oh, the green. The, the yeah. green slash white power ranger. I mean, that's everybody's. Yeah, thing. no, I mean, he was so much cooler than everyone yeah. else. I like I like the pink power ranger. I, I, yeah. I identify with girls a lot, and I like I like Trina and whatever the pink power ranger that was. Kimberly. Kimberly. They had the coolest zords, the uh, saber-toothed tiger and the pterodactyl. Uh, pterodactyl, which, like, I mean, boy, they're really spanning the history of, like, dinosaurs. Like, something like... A mammoth and a T-Rex, like that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, like, you know, it didn't have to make sense. Yeah, didn't they just buy a bunch of footage from like a Japanese? I have no idea. Uh, that I think that's what it was. Like they bought all the Megazord and like combat footage from like a Japanese uh, production studio, and then just filmed all of the teenager stuff. Huh. Like so, they got it. They were able to produce it for super cheap. Okay. Yeah. My uncle's common-law wife i guess you would say yeah uh her son they live in la he grew up in la yeah he's half asian half japanese uh he played uh flashback tommy like when they flash back to like being oh so the kid little kid yeah he he was young tommy wow he's famous yeah it's the top of the mountain right there did Uh, you know anybody that had the flute sword I did. You did. Yeah. No, I had all the toys. Okay. I was I was spoiled rotten. Man, making that Applebee money, just buying yeah. buying all this. I had nothing. I had I had basically. You would nothing. just like find a, a cool stick, and that was oh, your I flute was sword. King, dude, I was king of the stick. Uh, there was a lady on my. I lived on a cul-de-sac yeah. in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lady who had a bunch of bamboo in her backyard, and like every the beginning of like every summer, she would cut a ton of it out and just like the she'll just throw it all out in the front yard and me and all the kids in the neighborhood would just like swords raid that bamboo and yeah. just beat the shit out of each other with it and like you know it's bamboo it doesn't hurt that bad and yeah like it, it dries and stuff and you yeah, just yeah. like have sword fights yeah just like we would just like go nuts on that bamboo man that sounds great yeah my friend jake had a creek behind his house mm. that was kind of the most outdoor play that i got to have Mm-hmm. We would go and like wait around in the creek and find rocks and I think I talked about it before. We found weird bones okay. in the creek one time. Okay. And uh Yeah, that was a good time. I was mostly an indoor kid though. I drive around the woods of Washington a lot for work and yeah. I see all these creeks and stuff and yeah. like, I follow a bunch of uh, accounts on Instagram about people finding arrowheads and stuff. And so I can know now that like creeks and stuff are where you want to look okay. for arrowheads. Because like everybody's got a drink, so you go hang out by the creek and wait for a deer to show up, and then you shoot it, shoot it, or you miss it, and then your arrowhead is embedded in. You know what I mean? The, the creeks are a good place to find arrowheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I just want to pull over on the side of the road, but like, I mean, I know I'm not going to find one like right away. It's going to take hours of like, yeah, I, it's going to take days of. I I need to looking. find an arrowhead in my life. Like, I just like I need that to happen. Would that like fulfill some sort of? It would, I don't know why Maslowian need inside of you. I don't know why I need that, but I need to find like a two thousand year old tool that you know, I don't know why. Like, I'm just obsessed with like arrowheads in a in a way. Like okay. I'm not upset, lightly obsessed. Like there's all these different like epochs of arrowhead. Yeah, and like if you're really good at 
arrowhead finding and identifying you can like like oh this was like eastern woodland which yeah is you can like, tell by the way it's like carved may, yeah, like and the, it's like oh they were using obsidian yeah chip obs- this stone. but also just like the shapes of them sure. and like the like the way like different just different styles yeah uh if if you if our listeners dear listener is interested in this subject uh look up bird drill b i r d bird drill uh arrowhead they're they're specifically made for shooting birds they're like yeah. little and tiny but yeah, they're yeah. just like long and narrow and just like not going to like destroy the bird but just like pierce right. it and fuck it up and yeah. like i don't know it's just like incredible like people making arrowheads and shit or is just i don't know i could see myself getting into flint napping uh in a little are, are you interested in like other like stone age tech i mean pottery you know pottery yeah, i guess so uh yeah i am i i find stone age tech to be really fascinating shit uh i mean part of me you know like the part of me that like drives me to live in a city and do this and chase art and yeah. do whatever is very strong but like there's another part of me that just wants to disappear into the woods and like have a homestead and make pottery and find arrowhead just like be an old man out in the woods with like goats and llamas and like you know sure i i'm I'm married to four different people but like they're not my wives you know what i mean yeah like they keep me basically like i like i i don't have the wife you're like an outdoor cat that that is the exact analogy that i've tried to explain to like a couple different people yeah Uh, they didn't like it did they no, they were fine. They were fine. Yeah, but it was just like, I want someone to miss me, and I want someone to like be worried if I don't show up for a little while and be sad if I died. But like, I got to come and go as my own as I please. Like, I'm I'm an indoor outdoor cat. Yeah, that's a it's a tough kind of relationship to navigate long term. Yeah, yeah. But just, I don't know something nice about just making pottery out in the woods with goats and stuff. Goats love it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How we doing? Uh, that's 50 minutes. You want to call it? I think that's a good place to call it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Bye.